Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. You are just as worthy as a scrapbooker, as a memory keeper. If you choose to opt out of certain things, it needs to align with what you most want. And sometimes those decisions to say no in your scrapbooking and throughout our life are far more important decisions than the things you choose to say yes to. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 154. In this episode, I'm joined by Kim Edson to reflect on the past month and explore what's new for February. This is our monthly peek behind the scenes at Simple Scrapper. Hey, Kim, how is it going? I am excited to share with the world that I have been busy the last few months starting my own business. Whoa. Oh my gosh. I know. Of course, this is not a surprise to you because you were (laughs) one of the first people I mentioned when I contemplated this. So um, I am launching a photo management business called PhotoRx, and you can find me at yourphotorx.com or yourphotorx on Instagram. But last summer, we were in the middle of our photos journey. And I heard from so many people just like frustration and confusion related to their photos. And we have information in the membership about how to go about doing that. And, you know, definitely like are always available to answer questions and kind of help people along. But I think what I realized at that point is for some people, they just need like a fresh start and a clean slate to like help them get everything under control and then moving forward. And kind of along that same time, um, Miss Freddie, Casey Von Stein, who you've had um, as a guest on the membership, and um, I will find you what episode number so we can put it in the show notes, but she is a professional photo organizer, and it came up on her social media feed that she offers this mentorship program, and it was going to be starting in September, and basically she would teach students within the program how to start your own professional photo organizing business. And so it kind of was like on the back burner of my mind for about a month or so. And I like floated it to my husband and talked about it with some friends. And um, it was also kind of last summer I had finished up working with Walgreens to do vaccinations. And so that kind of brought back to the forefront of my mind, this whole idea of, you know, the girls are going to be graduating and they're getting their driver's licenses. And so just that my world will drastically be changing within the next few years or over the course of the next few years. 
So this idea of like what I would want for myself work-wise or time-wise or whatnot. And I contemplated going back into the world of pharmacy, but basically what it came down to is the idea of freedom of scheduling. I've gotten really Mm. accustomed to kind of being able to accommodate my schedule. And I don't know where it is, how it is in other states, but in the state of Iowa, um, if a pharmacist is not present, the pharmacy is not open. So there's not a lot of like flexibility. So if there is a blizzard or if you are ill or your child is ill or, um, you know, it's not always the easiest to get those shifts covered. Or if you want to take a vacation, like you're making that request like months and months, even like a year out. So I was leery of returning to that sort of like work structure, but this whole photo organizing business, it kind of occurred to me that I already do a lot of these things. Like I've scanned like my personal photos. I've scanned my husband's or my um, dad's like heritage photos, my mom's heritage photos. I've been working with Ken um, and granted his photos are all scanned now, but you know, working through like all of his heritage photos and um, another component. So it's organizing, um, scanning and digitizing um, custom photo books, which, you know, I've been, I think I've made like seven photo books in the last like two years. So I'm definitely familiar with that concept. Um, and then also just like consults to help people if they want like one-on-one kind of conversation around it. So anyways, that's kind of how I got there. I just realized that I'm already very interested in this topic. I have a lot of experience already. Um, I really value photos and the stories that they can tell and how they connect us with, you know, family and friends and um, over generations. Like I, I know I had talked about at my uncle's funeral this summer and that was like another thing. They had this slideshow of like photos throughout his life and I'm going to get emotional, but mm. it was so amazing mm-hmm. to like see that and to think that if you have a loved one pass away, I mean, if you're not organized, like, how do you even go about putting something like that together as, like, a tribute? Um, So, anyways, I encourage people to check out my website or message me if you have any questions. But um, I feel like, you know, it's going to be exciting. And so we'll see what we'll see what happens. I don't know. Well, I'm just I'm so thrilled for your journey. I am. uh, I think it's so important that you really considered the 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 lifestyle aspects of choosing a new path for business or, or your work world, because it's really important. And I think that's being home for, for two years. And, and obviously you being home for much longer than that, like really gave you an opportunity to think, okay, now what is it that I want for life in a post pandemic world in a post my kids graduating world and to, to honor that flexibility is important. And if you can make a choice that aligns with that, that's probably the good choice for you. And I also think this is like a really good fit for my whole personality. Like my husband mm-hmm. is back in the office and they were talking about the idea of how some people really enjoyed remote work and some people didn't, was not a good fit for them. I'm like, that is like my ideal world because I am very much like a self-starter. I even like with the whole concept of like the photo organizing, I'm an Enneagram one, which I've heard different labels. Like it used to be like the perfectionist, but anymore I feel like it's called like the reformer because it's this idea of always like improving things. So, and even within Simple Scrapper, I've done different projects where if you kind of take like a vast quantity of information or, you know, something that you need a system built around and like 
gather it together um, so it's organized and concise or whatever, um, very much appeals to me. I have like a high tolerance for kind of tedious projects because I feel like, you know, I create a spreadsheet, I work through it. Um, and then at the end, like I find that end result so satisfying. And I think that's why I love home renovation shows so much, right? Like they take this kind of chaos, dilapidated structure. And then at the end, you know, they've made all these improvements. And so I feel like even for like the photo organizing side of things or like for creating albums for people, you know, you can start with like several hundred photos and then to like kind of bring it all together into like this cohesive story of like your year or your trip or, um, you know, whatever the theme is. I don't like that is like just deeply satisfying to me. So even beyond the scheduling, I feel like personality wise, this is a super good fit for me. Yes, I can totally see that. Even based on how um, the certain types of tasks that you do for me, because you're like, oh, heck yeah, I'll do that. Um, yes. Because I'm like, I really don't want to do that. Yeah, the sketches. That's what I was thinking about. Because I was like, well, that actually sounds kind of fun. Like, would you <laughs> let me do that? And yes, because I am not an Enneagram one at all. So... Well, this is just, yeah, this is so fun. And talk about your branding being so in alignment with, you know, past, present, and future. I, I just love that idea of PhotoRx. So it's... Yes. I thought it was kind of a fun take on the idea of like your photos are in disorder, right? Like a medical mm -hmm. disorder, photo disorder. And, you know, this is the prescription or the solution, the RX to, you know, solve that issue. But, and I do want to say I am not leaving Civil Scrapper. I'm still going to be there. And I would encourage members, you know, definitely if you have questions in the membership, like post them. I mean, you can tag me, but obviously too, like our membership is, you know, hundreds of people strong and, you know, everybody, that's the advantage of the community is we all work together to give answers, but, you know, definitely, you know, tag me or message me or whatever in the group too. Like, um, you know, I want to make sure people are aware, like I'm not going anywhere from Civil Scrapper. though. I will say I probably have been quieter the last few months because we were talking about this before we started recording, but like the back end side of like a business um, did not appreciate how much goes into that. But um, I think hopefully like the hardest part is done now. And so like now I'm excited just to like go forth and do the work. So that's, yes. that's what I'm excited about. It, it is no joke. That's for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and I think that because it's something that so fits your personality, I'm just excited to um, just to, to have you as an additional resource in our community and an opportunity for those who, who really do need the one-on-one -on -one support that, that we can't do in the membership, that here's another option um, with you to be able to provide that and someone that they, that they trust already. Well, and I feel like there's so much to say and I don't want to monopolize this episode, but I will also say one thing I am offering is scrapbook coaching. So late last year, a member reached out to me in the group and said, hey, I would really like to have like a one-on-one -on -one coach just to kind of like encourage me, maybe help me like, you know, pick apart some obstacles that I have in my hobby and just to make it more fun again. And honestly, I don't know of anyone that offers scrapbook coaching. I mean, there's life coaching and all that sort of thing, but not specifically to our hobby. Uh, so I asked her, like, would you be willing to meet with me? Like, I'm, you know, in the process of starting this business and, um, you know, I'd be happy to start meeting with you. So we have um, started that process. And 
like you said too, like the ability to like go one-on-one with somebody um, is so fun and is so satisfying to see um, the progress that she's already made in just, you know, the last, you know, several weeks. So, um, so that would be another thing. So again, obviously if you are a member, definitely post within the group and everyone's there to help you. But if you, you know, for whatever reason, just want to like deep dive, dig in deep and like any particular topic related to scrapbooking, I would love to talk to you about it because I've been doing this. I don't know if you realize this, Jennifer, but this month is my five-year anniversary with Simple Scrapper. Yeah. So obviously I've talked to a lot of scrapbookers over the years. And yes, so, that's for sure. you know, you know, hopefully together we could find solutions for whatever is ailing you. But um, yeah, so, so that's another thing. So like I said, so much goodness, so much excitement. So we'll just see where it goes. Yes. Yes. No, I'm so excited for you. And um, yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's fun to see folks who are in that kind of edging on that next season of life mm-hmm. um, and thinking about my own journey, what that might look like. And it's just, you know, it's um, yeah, I'm just so happy for you. Well, and that was the thing. And my, my first thought was, Rather than do, she does, Freddie offers the mentorship program twice a year. Uh, This was only the third round that she had done it. So September and January. And so my first thought was, oh, we're going to be so busy. Back to school. The girls are starting high school. Like, I know that's going to be a lot. I'll wait and do it in January. And then, or like, maybe that's something I would consider in a couple of years. And then it just kind of occurred to me that it's like an hour and everything. At some point, I think if I would have put it off, I would always have been left with the, you know, what if I had had the courage to go ahead and explore that? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to live with that. What if? So I just decided to jump in and, and make it work. So, and so far it's been really, really good. Yes. I I thought about something similar recently of what if I'd had the courage to start a public podcast when I started the member podcast instead, but I did 76 member episodes before I released this podcast to a public audience. (laughs) Yeah. I think like with anything, there's two sides to it, right? So maybe the benefit was that you had all the experience, those 76 episodes to kind of hone what worked for you. So you were able to, you know, produce a really quality public public podcast. So <laughs> two yeah, but I just, yeah, sometimes we have to, it's, we have to really encourage ourselves and trust ourselves that, that, that intuition hit that we're getting about where to go is that we mm-hmm. need to, to take the leap and, and try it and see what happens and, and trust it'll all be okay. Um, and that the path will unfold before you. Yes. And that could be, that could be hard. I told my husband, I'm such a hypocrite because like I said, the girls are starting high school and they were, have been exposed to all these new opportunities that they didn't have before. Like, you know, color guard and jazz band and speech. And, um, when they would comment on the challenges of trying something new, I would always like, Oh, it's good for you. It's good to try new things. (laughs) That's our job as parents. So, (laughs) and it is true. Um, It's a little harder when you're 42 and trying new things I feel, but um, you know, I definitely have learned a vast amount of information. Uh, So yeah, no matter where this goes, like, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of knowledge and experience out of it already. So, all right. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Enough about me. What do you have going on? 
my personal update is not nearly as exciting, Yeah, <laughs> but it is interesting in its own way. Um, at the end of last year, a friend of mine recommended uh, this ready-to-eat meal company. Now, I've done like HelloFresh and Blue Apron and Home Chef and Hungry Root, places that like send you stuff to make food. And I've done that off and on for several years, and I, I really liked it for the most part. Uh, but it did require some prep. And so sometimes you're like, oh, do I really want to like spend the time, particularly for like the Blue Apron recipes, they tend to be a little bit longer. And even HelloFresh can sometimes be 45 minutes. And I just want to eat eat a meal. And in particular, mm-hmm. I was using these for my lunches because my family does on the whole does not have an appreciation for a diverse palette of vegetables and flavors and things like that. And so we eat pretty simply at dinner so that everyone's happy. But then I like to have my interesting stuff at lunch. So I was sometimes making HelloFresh in the middle of the day. <laughs> and it's not, it's not always a practical thing to do to take the time to do that. So my friend recommended this company called Factor. And apparently they're owned by HelloFresh, which I oh. didn't know. And they send you these amazing meals every week. I get eight of them. And you heat them in the microwave for two minutes. And I was a little skeptical. I'm like, oh, that's not going to be good. But they are, they're healthy, but they're not diety at all. It's not diet food. Um, There's lots of vegetables, lean proteins, some like grains, but tends to be more like whole grains, like quinoa. Um, There's amazing flavor and like a huge like diversity of flavor profiles. I had one that was like a Korean something or other. you know, even to like comfort food things like barbecue. And it's all just really fresh. I've only had one meal where when I microwaved it, the broccoli kind of turned overcooked. But it's like, you know, there's like green beans and zucchini and broccoli and carrots, like every single vegetable that you can think of. And it's all been just fresh and tasty. And I'm just like, Yes, I'm going to keep doing this. Uh, so your eight meals a week, are they eight different meals? You can choose. Okay. So right now I've been doing all different meals because I want to try and figure out what it is I like. Mm -hmm. As I discover things that I really like, I'll probably order like two of the same, particularly if it's something that I really like. Um, Because they do recycle some, but then they're always having new stuff as well. Um, So you have a total flexibility. You could order eight of the same thing or you could order, you know, one, you know, one each of different things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is... How does this compare price-wise to like HelloFresh and Blue Apron and some of those other ones? Um, It is on the higher end. It's more Mm -hmm. in like the Blue Apron price range. I did their meal prep kits for a while, and it's actually pretty similar to that. Um, It's more in like the $11, $12 per meal range. You know, of course, there's lots of coupon codes and things like that. And I will include uh, my affiliate link in the... uh, in the show notes for this episode, which I think gets you $40 off a box. I'm not sure exactly, but I will include what it, what it gets you um, in the show notes as well. But, you know, it's, it's a little bit pricier, but it's certainly saving me a lot of food waste as well. Mm-hmm. Because when I go and like buy all the ingredients for these interesting meals that I want to make, sometimes like you don't know exactly how much you need or I'll make a big batch of something and then eat like half of it, forget to freeze the rest of it and then end up throwing it away. Yeah. So I think from that perspective, 
Um, it's reducing a lot of food waste. And it's just, of course, it's just really fast and easy. Um, oh, yeah. No. Um, so the reason that I'm, I will have to explore this a little bit. So my husband is back in the office and he mm-hmm. has the good fortune to tend to run pretty lean physically. And so he's like the type of person that like actually has always kind of had trouble like not being underweight kind of thing. And not that he is, I mean, he just maintains, but I will say the pandemic when he was home in the basement, he could like wander up for like snacks and meals. But now that he's back in the office, he doesn't want to eat out every day or he doesn't necessarily always take stop and take like a good break for a meal. And so he's just kind of like, I don't know. So anyways, um, he realized after being back at the office for several months, he's like, man, I miss having like the convenience of just like easily accessible meals. So I talked about on a previous episode that I'd finally gotten like that American test kitchen, like bowls cookbook. Mm -hmm. So we did those for a while, or sometimes I'll try to like make like an extra meal on Sunday that heats up well. So like he's got like pre-packaged, like we got like the little meal prep type dishes. So like they're preloaded. It's like so many meals. He's just like grab it and go and it's convenient or, or, you know, he helps prepare the meals or whatever, but it is definitely a process to like, you know, plan it all and prepare it all. And like Mm -hmm. you said, like, are you tired of this particular item by like Thursday or, um, and some things just don't heat up well after a few days. And so I could definitely see the benefit from this type of service. Well, and I, I really, I, I'm a variety person, and so I oh, probably would yes. never order more than two of one thing because, like, eating something twice, like, is perfect for me because I usually ne- really want to eat it more than that. Um, yes. But it gives me the variety without having to buy ingredients because I've certainly tried, like, you have, like, okay, mm-hmm. this is the bowl I'm going to eat all week, and by yes. Thursday, I'm like, I don't want to eat this bowl anymore. And so then I'll make a different choice that might be not as healthy or I get takeout or, you know, do something else. But this has been something that's been very uh, easy to stay consistent with, I guess. And so I will say I they do have a couple different tags. Uh, sorry, how do I say this? They have a couple different like categories and I get the calorie smart ones. And I think it means they're all under 550 calories per meal. But that that's probably... Um, about half the meals fall into that category and then the other half have more than that. And so I think there'd be something that was definitely like hearty and satisfying for your husband as well, or, or those who maybe can, can handle a higher calorie intake per day. <laughs> yeah. Poor thing. So the cross <laughs> he has to bear. I know. Ugh. Yeah. It's been just a fun convenience thing and, you know, a nice well, way to just like start the year knowing that I have easy to access variety of, you know, of healthier meals that are really like vegetable rich. And I don't mean to imply they're vegetarian, but they do have like a good number of vegetarian options um, as well as like lean proteins. And okay. So maybe this is a little indicative of (laughs) my personality, but um, it sounds like it would be something to look forward to at lunch too, right? Like it gives you the opportunity to like take that moment out of your day and be like, Ooh, what do I get to eat today? Like look forward to that, anticipate it. Uh, I could totally see how like that would be lovely. Yeah. I get really excited when the box arrives on Monday. Uh, afternoon, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, I actually, I, because there's eight meals, like I ate one for dinner last night. Like I picked the first like a meal, like which one looks the best. And that's what I had for dinner last night. Um, because my family wasn't even home at that time. So. Well, and obviously it doesn't take much to get me excited. Like I feel like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like, oh, food. Um, I will say I had done like that thankful 30 or 30 days of thankful where I tried to post mm-hmm. a picture to Instagram of something I was grateful for each day. And it struck me about how much my day-to-day life was dictated by like one, what we were eating and two, the weather. It was like, (laughs) yes, it was like, wow, maybe these things have greater weight in my life than they should have, but it is what it is. You know, uh, it's, you have to honor who you are. Yes. And I'm a person who goes to bed at night thinking about what I'm going to have for breakfast. And I know there's, we have a lot of listeners out there who will totally identify with that. And others who are like, no, that's weird. But mm-hmm. um, there are certainly those of us who who do think about the next meal often. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, on the topic of scrapbooking, <laughs> what's exciting yeah. you right now? Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do two things. One, Bungalow Lane by Paige Evans is now available digitally. I got an email Ooh. yesterday, and I am nice. very excited to purchase that because that was. I will say sometimes I'll see paper lines that come out and a little moment envy that like, oh, I would really like to use that digitally. And um, I know since it's through American Crafts that it was eventually going to hopefully show up at AC Digitals and it now has. So I'm excited to get that purchased and put to use. And then the other, this is probably like the bigger thing is that I have decided that for 2022, for like my annual type album layouts, I'm going to go back to a square. I think with the aim Whoa. of printing it 10 by 10 instead of eight and a half by 11. You're blowing my mind here. I know. I've been eight and a half by 11, I think since like 2015, I think. And I would still like dabble. Like I'll do a six by eight for like a December album or whatever. But um, or if I was doing like older, I went back and did like filled in some gaps. And so then, you know, maybe I would do 12 by 12 for that. But as far as like my core scrapbooking has been eight and a half by 11 for a long, long time. But I had done a 10 by 10 of our Utah trip last summer. And I guess I'm kind of, not that I want to do project life, but I'm kind of feeling the pull back to those like grid structures, the products, because yes, you can use pocket cards and journal cards and all those things on regular layouts, but there is definitely something to be said for the ease of just like dropping them into a slot. And I have done pocket style like grid layouts in eight and a half by 11, but I know we've talked about this before how, and digitally it's easier because you can shrink you, things. Yeah. Right. You can easily shrink things and it's fine. But as far as just like the it's just extra steps, right? So, um, so I am excited to like dip my toe back into like the the square waters, I guess. Oh, and I got for my monthly favorites. I'm going to continue that for 2022. And last year, I'd used a simple stories, um, kind of year long theme mm-hmm. kit as kind of the basis on those layouts. So that just I knew that that's what I'd be using each month. So um, I was able to get another one. No, I can't remember. I feel like it was Echo Park that was at Snap Clips, Snap Click Supply. They had had it as like a one buck Wednesday. And 
it's not like the full kit. So I'm going to keep an eye out. I think I have like the embellishments that are specific to like the first quarter of the year. And if I end up having to like not buy at a discount, the other ones, that's fine. But um, so it is kind of like card based, like a lot of that is so. Um, and then there's other embellishments and things too. But uh, I think that was the other kind of the tipping point. It's like, oh, I really like these products. And I think this would be an easy way to put them to use. So yeah. Yeah. Back to the I, square. There's nothing more fun to me than setting up an annual project at the beginning of the year and like picking the products and kind of the structure that you want to use. And I was just so thrilled that they finally aligned the digital stories by the month kits at Allie Edwards with the physical products because now I can buy the digital products and use them in my photo book. And so I have lots of month, monthly themes, yes. monthly things to, to go into my photo book this year. And so I'm just super jazzed about that. Yes. I think historically, and we've talked about this before too, we don't have it tended to be very heavy on like themed products, but I definitely think for certain projects, I really enjoy using those types of projects. Like obviously I use December products or Halloween products. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like having that kind of nod to the different themes that are kind of common with with, throughout each month. Plus it just gives you a starting point too. Um, You know, it's February. It's one of the February products. And um, so I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, it's fun. All right. How about you? Are you uh, changing up any formats or new products? You know, I'm doing a lot of what worked well for me last year. So focusing on my Project Life photo book, continuing in the 8x10. I am patiently waiting for a coupon code to order my 2021 book because it is completely done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I powered through and I was just so thrilled to be done and so thrilled that I was that I I really kept up throughout the year because it's a totally different experience to document in real time versus in the past. Mm-hmm. And I really like I wanted this project to be an in the moment type thing. Um and also I'll be continuing to do that this year. It really is like an I call it an anchor project. I think we talked about that the last time we were um having this episode that it's really what keeps me connected to scrapbooking and connected to my photo management. Um, And if I'm connected to my photo management, that really just facilitates all the rest of my scrapbooking. Yeah. And then, you know, I want to make a bunch of layouts. I don't really have a plan. I just have a goal, a loose goal of, I want to make 50 layouts of any size using my products that I'm either still acquiring or in my stash. Um, And just really focus on, telling the stories that I want to tell. Like I don't have any like super structured goals around it. I'm doing one little word and December daily. And that that's really, that's really it. Uh, I think there will be another photo project come up for me. I want to do my Sweden book once I really kind of get all the rest of this underway. But in terms of all the ongoing things, I'm trying to keep it very just like focused, minimal and doing what works for me. Yeah, but in, but yeah, <laughs> in terms of what's exciting me, I I'm also I'm like I'm excited. I'm a little tiny ashamed, but mostly excited. <laughs> At the end of last year, like I went whole hog with December Daily. I was all about it. 
I am, I would call myself maybe two thirds done with my album and I have a plan for finishing. I'm going to finish, uh, it will all be done by finishing day, which is next when this, let's see, I don't even know when this episode comes out, but, um, it'll come out. (laughs) This episode is coming out on January 31st. So in less than two weeks on February 12th, we're having our first finishing day of the year and I will be all prepped with all my photos and I will be finishing up my December daily that day um, alongside our members who will be finishing whatever is on their, uh, their chopping blocks for things that need to get done. But I acquired a lot of stuff during that time, not just December products, but like tools and gadgets. And now I have dies and I have a mink and a manual die cut machine And then I needed a home for all of these things because my silhouette already had a problem of not having a home. It basically lived on top of my printer until I had to use my printer. Then I moved it and then put it back. And it was not sustainable. So I had to buy another Hudson cart, like the big white Raskog type cart from Michael's. That's the long one. But I bought two lids for it. So now I have... two additional surfaces one holds the mink one holds the silhouette and then my manual die cut and all my dies live in the bottom in like the bottom tray so it's i don't know it feels a little bit extra but i was having so much fun doing more techniquey things at the end of the year and i want to incorporate that into the layouts that i'm creating this year and I just I just ran with it because that's not something that's really been a big part of my process in the past and that's that's where I'm at right now. Well, I think having your things easily accessible will go a long way to making them easy to use and, and to incorporate. Um, because, like, if you have any element of like black or frustration, then it's just going to lessen the likelihood that they'll actually be used. So, if you have these products, you know, find a way to make them, you know, fit within your your space and your process for sure. Yeah, like I'm the one that had the silhouette on my shelf for five years because I it wasn't part of my process and getting it down was always going to be a thing. And you need to not, if there's things that you want to use, you can't put barriers in place to using them. And so I wanted storage that was easy to access. We're actually working on, my husband's going to help me optimize all my, my, my electronic cord situation in here mm-hmm. because... Between the computer equipment, the lighting equipment, and then all the tools, there's probably a fire hazard going on. So we (laughs) need to streamline, get things in a safe place, and also make it so that when I want to use one of these tools, I have a very easy outlet that I can plug it into. I don't need to like crawl behind anything or unplug something else. I can just plug it in, use it, and then put it away. And so that's something that's just a really big priority for me right now is just kind of that sense of, of optimization. I think that really connects with my one little word as well. My word is release, but to me, release is so much a continuation of strong from last year. It's okay. What, how can we uplevel this more? How do we um, just keep making things better? And that's just the, the space that I'm operating in, in general right now. Well, and I think there's something to be said about having a welcoming space to mm-hmm. be in. So um, I, there's so much going on. So I did a thing. I, in preparation for like beginning this business, like I 
got myself a new giant oversized scanner that weighs 35 pounds. And I upgraded like my smaller format scanner and I got like a new Mac mini. And so um, I ended up doing like a huge deep clean of my office and I packed up all of my physical scrapbook supplies because I have not used them in really over two, two and a half years at this point. And I did not give them away. I still have their storage in the basement. And I can definitely see myself going back and dipping my toe back into the paper water someday. But um, for now, it felt really good to have just like this kind of clean slate and this fresh start. And I hear you on having um, horizontal services because that was a huge blessing because when I did was paper scrapbooking, I had ended up getting these two very large dressers and like a file cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had all this, I had like stand up workspace and sit down workspace. And really for the last few years, it's kind of not been like wasted space, but it has not been fully utilized because, you know, working on a computer is a lot different than needing all this space to spread out. So, um, and actually it was kind of a blessing because now I am able to keep out, you know, said giant scanner and, um, have it all be easily accessible. So there's definitely something to be said to having like a fresh start for your space that when you come in, like it feels good and you know where everything is and you can actually use it and access it. So I did my closet. I totally thought about you when I was like cleaning out my <laughs> closet and like, like wrapping supplies and like random backpacks. And so the space that I'm in actually is just, it's another bedroom. Like there's a full closet in there. So like mm-hmm. I have empty shelf space. And so like, um, that's my thought is like, okay, somebody sends me a scanning project. Like I it's could be in here and secure and separate and whatever. So, um, yes, I hear you on having a well-organized and easy to use space. Like there's, I think that has more of an impact than sometimes we give it credit for. Oh, and I, and I think that, you know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, of course, there was all this like, let's declutter our stuff and let's do these home renovations. But, you know, that like some people did that and others just continued to not do that. And then now Mm -hmm. we're at this point where we feel a little like overstuffed. And I think my husband and I were talking about this and we just like, we're feeling this huge sense and it's, you know, it's the dead of winter, but we're already in kind of spring cleaning mode. We need to let go of all the stuff that's kind of piled up that we've ignored and really, you know, start fresh because we've been, you know, mostly home for two years. It's it's time. Yeah. All right. Storytelling. What is on your bucket list this month, Kim? Okay. So this is a story that I have thought about saying telling for a long, long time, which makes it perfect for a bucket list thing. So, and I think my reservations with telling the story is it's one of those things where it's like, am I remembering this correctly? But Mm. so it's this concept that my grandma and my brother backed me up on this because it came up a couple of years ago when we were talking about this. And it was the idea of always keeping a $2 bill in your wallet because it is Mm -hmm. not likely that you will spend a $2 bill. Like if you have, you know, unless you absolutely need to. So, and it was something that my grandma had said. And so when, so I have a $2 bill in my wallet and whenever I see it, I think of her and obviously, you know, she was born in 1915 and, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. came of age during the great depression. So what $2 would buy back then is a lot different than what it would buy now. But it was this concept of having that with you because you're not likely to spend it unless you need to. And then if you need to, you have something, you have it. 
Um, and granted that was even before, right? Like credit cards and things like that. But I like it as kind of like a nod to my grandma. And I think of her every time I see that. You know, what's funny is that I was always told to keep a hundred dollar bill, not in my wallet, but in my house. Okay. Because you never know like what random thing that's going to come up and somebody like you or or somebody's going to need that. Yeah. But you know, it comes from a different generation too. um, So I think it's a, it's a similar type of concept of just feeling that sense of security that you have a resource when you, you need it, but you know, maybe Mm -hmm. you never will. So yeah. Well, I, I mean, love that I've story. Been That's super carrying around special. the same $2 bill for years now, but it made me think <laughs> of it again. Um, I think there's a family member that would send the girls $2 bills for like birthdays and things because they're kind of fun and unique and they are fun and unique, but Grace mm-hmm. had like a pile of them and she's like, I, can you just like take these to the bank because I'm not going to spend them and I don't need them here anymore. And that made me think of them, um, that story again and how I do, I do really want to tell that story. That's really special. Yeah. I love things that are really like that connect past and present, mm-hmm. of course. And, yeah. and mine does as well. So mine is going to be my uh, piano story. And this is like almost not even personal because I don't really play. I learned a few songs way back in the day and I don't, I don't even really care that much, but we just got a new to us piano uh, after... <laughs> kind of a tumultuous few years. And I, I would say five or six years ago, my stepsons bought my husband a very used, not in great shape piano. And I think, I'm not even sure they, they paid for it. They might've gotten it for free. They got it from uh, somebody who's emptying a school in Indiana and their hearts were in the right place. And there's like, oh, it just needs to be tuned. And so we finally brought a tuner in and she's like, yeah, no, sorry. It's totally broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and without full restoration this this isn't going to happen and so we knew we were gonna if if we wanted to have a a functioning piano we would have to get a new one and so we did that just this past week and it's really pretty it's about 30 years old it's a yamaha and it's, it's in beautiful condition and you know it's so interesting that so many of the new pianos really looked exactly like this 30 year old piano Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's something that's so important to Steve. And so this is really a story about both of us. But I want to talk about our histories with that, that my mom didn't make me take lessons. His mom did. And that's part of why he still loves to play today. Emily's excited to take lessons. So it's very much like a past, present and future type story. And just I, I think it'd be fun to just put all that on one page, maybe a double page spread and just have all these different aspects to it. And on one layout. Yeah, because it's not even just like your past, present, mm-hmm. future. It's also like incorporates his story too. So that definitely has a lot of layers to it. When it was just so cool to see Emily, who's been learning violin, realize like that music is music. And so she brought her violin book up there and just started playing Mary had a little lamb and then jingle bells and just never having really touched a piano before just sat down and started playing. And it's like, wow. Okay. I guess you know how to read music. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So I think in terms of those skills being like adaptable back and forth, it's only going to serve her well. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's exciting. Um, And it's also leading us to do some more like, tidying and decluttering in that particular room so now it's the the plant room the piano room and 
slowly becoming less of a playroom as Emily is getting older, though she still does a lot of Lego stuff. So it's plants, Legos, and piano. <laughs> that is multi-purpose. Yes. Well, sure. and this is one I could always save it for another one, but it's a layout I've thought about. So like my office creative space started out as a playroom and then it was a guest room and then now it is what it is too. So it was like the evolution of that. So yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That tells a lot about different like seasons of your life. I think you could like use photos from each stage to really talk about how your home has functioned for you. Mm -hmm. That's really fun. All right. Let's talk about Simple Scrapper. What is going on? Everything seems so like bright, shiny, new, exciting right now. Um, We had so many members join at the end of last year. And it's just been so fun this past month to, to get everyone settled, to see the excitement, to see our Zoom crops just full of new faces and lots of great conversation. Um, I'm just curious, like maybe what has stood out for you from all of our conversations? Well, we just wrapped up the live portion of our refresh retreat and mm-hmm. kind of the theme was revolved around the idea of play. And I realized this should not be a surprise, but it's always very interesting to me how the idea of play looks very different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that kind of is like a theme overall. I felt like a lot of people were commenting. It was the idea of sitting down to create without having an end goal in mind and just for like yes. the joy of creating. And I also really liked the idea of related to like habits and play where we talked about like tasks that you don't enjoy doing or you don't find playful. Like, and this could also apply to the habits side of things too. The idea of how can you create a scenario or pair that with something that does make it enjoyable. So one of the things that got discussed was the idea of photo management seemed to also be a consistent thing that people did not find playful, but yes. Somebody talked about pairing it with like a favorite TV show or I had suggested like, we'll do like a spa day, right? Like, you know, like put on a face mask and settle in once a week. And like, how can you somehow tie that into something to make it something that you look forward to as opposed to something that you just kind of put off and dread and um, that it builds up like a lot of weight, I guess, on your shoulders. So uh, I think those are the things. This is a whole concept of one, I mean, not a surprise again, like everyone perceives things very differently, but I feel like, and we've learned this with atomic habits, like kind of these universal concepts that, you know, you could tweak and apply to make them Mm -hmm. more attainable. Well, and I think that's why our Monday night crop has kind of become the one where a lot of people work on photo management. If you can like look forward to the time to hang out with, you know, people you consider friends and, uh, it's just having that space for it really makes it that much more fun, even if it's a task by itself that, you know, is not particularly exciting. Yes. Yep. So like who you're spending time with, what are you doing? Like the environment, mm-hmm. you know, like light a candle, get a mug of something like hot tea or cocoa or whatever. Like I think um, just kind of changing how we approach some of those things can make a big, big difference in how we feel about the task and then your hobby overall, because if you're not always like dreading photo management, it makes it a lot easier to scrapbook and it just kind of comes full circle. Oh yeah. I've been lighting a candle almost every morning as kind of the signal to take this time for myself to, to do my journaling and play with my stickers and my planner. 
And sometimes I even have to like almost say it out loud to myself, like, this is time for you. Like you're choosing to take this time and um, letting the candle just gives a, uh, a beautiful ambiance, both like, you know, <laughs> with you that really uses the senses too, uh, not just the flickering light, but the smell of it and just makes it a little bit more cozy and just helps to keep me connected to why I'm choosing to do this and choosing to, to get up early so I can have that time in the morning. Yes. Um, so anything in particular that you took away from what we've covered so far this month? Yeah, there's a couple things. One of which during our play conversations that stood out to me is we were talking about this idea of, do you deserve play? And, and I feel like on the whole members said they feel like they do, but then we really started talking about, are you acting in ways that demonstrate that belief or are you not? Are you saying, well, I can't play until I, I finish these chores or, you know, there's there's sometimes a misalignment between what you feel deep down and then how you're you're showing up in your life. And that, you know, that goes for a lot of topics as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a really powerful conversation too, because I, the group that I was in very much aligned with that concept of like, well, of course we deserve play, but then yes, are you living that out in your life? It kind of comes back to the whole thing of, um, you know, show me what you spend your time doing and that will kind of show, show your values kind of a thing. And not that you don't value play, but you know, it can be hard, especially if you're pulled in a lot of directions and, you know, you feel an obligation to others and responsibilities mm -hmm. with work and family and home and all of those things um, to carve out that time. But I also think there's just a lot of value in that because, you know, taking, you know, like the morning time for you or, you know, whatever it is for people, well, like attending a crop, like I think if you can kind of come away feeling uplifted and energized that that just informs all those other aspects of your life. So like, it's kind of everybody wins. Um, but yeah, that can be a hard I think it's one thing to know it intellectually and it can be another thing to actually put it into action. So, well, and I think there's always this, this tension and we've, we've talked about it for as long as simple scrapper has been around is that we have this desire to be productive, to get things done, to have something to show for our um, investments. And at the same time, we want to have, a great quality of life where things feel restful and fulfilling and satisfying. And there's often a, a balance there. So it might look like in your scrapbooking that you choose to complete fewer projects because you know you want to reserve some of that time for play with no, no end goal. It's not about the productivity. It's about the experience of it. And that you need more of that balance to be able to not just have things to show for yourself, but to feel great along the way. And I think it also kind of comes back to people's why too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why do you scrapbook? Um, for some people, the whole creative side of things. And so that very much aligns with the idea of, you know, playing with products with no end goal. And then for some other people, like maybe they have a different goal. And so that changes up what's playful for them. So, Well, and I think that you're still choosing to be a scrapbooker versus a person who just, who, who's not a scrapbooker, who puts photos in a, in a, in just pockets and doesn't do anything with words or supplies or there's no added 
addedness. They don't add anything to their photos. And so if you are choosing to be a scrapbooker to think about, okay, what parts of that do I enjoy the most and how can I find a more playful or fun experience with it, even as I proceed with a lot of uh, intention and motivation to to get this project done because it's it's valuable from a legacy perspective. Mm-hmm. So I would say like for me, I think what I enjoy, what I find really playful is the whole like planning process. <laughs> Some mm-hmm. people find that kind of funny, but I had thought when I began this hobby for me, I do, I like the products, I have paper, like I'm all in on the pattern paper, but um, when it came to doing like mixed media and like more wet things or just different fussy cutting, all those things, it came down to like what I actually enjoy the most is the process of putting like the words with the photos and like Mm -hmm. coming up with like how that's all going to come together on the page. So I think that also can kind of inform like one, what you think about when you think about your hobby, as far as like, what, like, how do you define it for whatever, you know, not that you have to label it, but whatever. Um, like, so for me, for like scrapbooking is definitely like photos and words. And, you know, that's the part that I enjoy. And that's what I keep coming back to. So I think that could be very helpful. Because if you can kind of identify what parts you find most playful, that could also help kind of guide you when you're choosing your products and things like you said, like maybe pair back on some other things. So you have the room, you know, to make sure that you don't lose that playful aspect. Well, I think one of the things that came up is that today there's so many options that you get to really customize the hobby to your uh, creative excitements, to the time you have available, um, when when I interviewed Jana Eubank, she talked about mm-hmm. the simple stories, um, those flipbook albums, and how they're they're less expensive, they're more compact, and they allow you to create something relatively quickly with a smaller footprint, um, both price wise and physically, to be able to share as a gift. And so there's just so many options out there that allow you to be a scrapbooker, but that may not be that one thing you have in your head of what scrapbooking looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it all counts. It's all awesome, no matter what you choose to do. And we get this chance to kind of customize our plates so that we're meeting all of our desires. We're not like, we're not single focused people. We all have, you know, this, this beautiful mix of, of different interests and, and things that we like and want to do. And it's just about kind of finding some sort of balance between that so that you feel satisfied. Well said. Well, and there's one more thing as well. And so this, this idea of your, your worth, and I kind of just touched on that, but we also talked about opting out a lot because if you can only fit so many things on your plate at a certain point, you're going to have to say no. And we actually really readily and frequently encourage our members to opt out of things that we're offering because we, don't expect that any one person could do everything that we offer. And we just, we have, you know, we're the buffet that you get to choose from. And so you are just as worthy as a scrapbooker, as a memory keeper, um, as a member, if you choose to opt out of certain things, it needs to align with what you most want. And sometimes those, those decisions to say no in your scrapbooking and throughout our life are some of the 
far more important decisions than the things you choose to say yes to. Yeah, for sure. Because you can't do it all. And if you try to, I think you'll just end up frustrated, disappointed. Mm -hmm. Now, Kim, you have like a great pulse on everything that's going on in the community. And I try my hardest, but, you know, that's part of your responsibility is to, to really keep tabs on some of the conversations and make sure that everyone is getting what they need. I'm curious if there's anything that's been like particularly awesome shared recently. Oh, yes, we do have one. Um, there was a post just last night in the group and I um, spoke with a member and asked to make sure that she was okay with us sharing this, but um, it was quite a meaningful post. So let me get that pulled up here. Cause um, I mean, quite honestly, like it brought a tear from my eye. So mm-hmm. remember Terry who posted in the group last night, last night I repeated a soundtrack that used to be true, but apparently no longer is. I said, I don't have many women friends. And my son looked surprised and he named a woman I work with that I still talk to regularly, even though we don't work together directly anymore. And then he asked how many women in Simple Scrapper would I call friends? And he named a few, but I realized there are more than I can even count. This is literally the first time in my life. I just wanted to share my gratitude to this community. I think I can retire that soundtrack permanently. Mm. And I'm going to get all emotional again, but um, I know, I know. Like that just goes to show like the power of the community. Um, And especially it's that whole concept of like finding your tribe and, you know, your people and and how those connections can be made and how uplifting they can be to your life. And like, I mean, my family definitely knows. I mean, I talk about our members all the time, like, um, you know, you know, so-and-so and, you know, DC and so and so in Florida. And mm-hmm. um, so it just, I guess it kind of shows that you're not alone and you're part of like a, a bigger place within this community. And it it's pretty awesome. Well, and just that we all, it also highlights as, as women, as people, we often have this, the feeling of aloneness. And I think we're all can feel lonely at times or that we don't fit in or that we don't have uh, a community of like-minded people. And, you know, maybe that was only in certain phases of life, or maybe that's been a lot of your life. And it's just, it's so affirming for what we do. So amazing, not just specifically for Terry, but for our whole community that we can offer this true friendship um, uh, in the things that we do um, all surrounding our, our shared love of, of crafting with our photos, whether you're doing it on the computer or uh, in real life. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And so that obviously connected perfectly with our book club discussion that's coming up on February 3rd. We are reading Soundtracks by John Acuff. And uh, I'm particularly excited about these conversations because I've brought in guest hosts. We have members who are co-leading the conversation with me who read the book. They are reading the books in advance and developing the questions because I thought it was really important to bring a fresh perspective to these conversations. I had developed all the questions for so many years and I felt like I was being uh, a little repetitive or just in my own grooves. Um, to guide the conversations. And we all have something really unique to share. And so I think that's just going to kind of change things up a little bit for book club. But Kim, I'm curious, what have you liked about soundtracks so far? Uh, Can I say just like everything? (laughs) 
have. <laughs> I really enjoyed this book and my family would tell you that as well because I told them about it every step along the way. It is not a very big book. I felt it was really manageable to read. I feel like his John Incuff's writing style is really approachable. He's got a lot of humor in it. Uh, but really just like the bigger concepts of a lot of times you read these kind of nonfiction, self-helpy type books. And yeah, it's one thing to like say that this is an issue or this is something people experience, but then what are you actually going to do about it? And mm-hmm. I thought he had some really actionable concepts or ideas. I liked the concept a lot about how like your negative soundtracks, it's not like they're ever going to go away hundred percent. And as an Enneagram one, we kind of known for having this inner critic, this inner voice um, that is kind of constant. Uh, so it was this idea of like, that's never going to go away. That is just part of being human, but you can find ways to turn down the dial. So when, you know, it feels like those soundtracks are getting really loud, like how can you flip them or, you know, can you engage in other activities like scrapbooking or something that kind of can help you calm that noise a little bit. I also really, really like the concept of the antidote to overthinking is action. And I think that is a huge concept that we can apply to our hobby because I don't know how often like we'll see members in the group like, Hey, I made this layout like this first time in, you know, months or years or whatever. And so instead of just like talking about or thinking about or buying scrapbook supplies, I'm actually scrapbooking. Um, So I thought that was huge. I loved his idea of having a symbol. Like I immediately wanted to like go out and try to identify different symbols for aspects of my life. Like he talked about, he had like these special shoes that he wore when he wrote. So it was kind of his Mr. Rogers moment. Like I'm going to put on these shoes Mm -hmm. and I'm going to write. And and then also a lot of it aligned with other books that we read. He talked about this idea of when you're making new soundtracks, you want to gather evidence that support them. And I feel like that was very much aligned with the whole James Clear concept of you know, every action that you take that is a vote for your identity, right? Like I am a scrapbooker, mm. so I sit down to scrapbook. So well, also priming I, your environment for success too. Yes. So I think a lot of that aligned with obviously James Clear, super fan, whatever. So um, so yeah, so I'm I got I've been listening to John's podcast. I'm following him on Instagram now. Like um, I I told somebody like John Ancuff's like my new Gretchen Rubin. But now that Gretchen's going away. But anyways, I'm just gathering gathering my my people but um I enjoyed this book a ton so I highly recommend it for anyone I my husband is reading a book for work right now but I keep like when are you, when are, you are you done are you done do you want do you want to read soundtracks now so um, <laughs> that's cute yes so I can't wait to talk with him about it as well oh and within the book he talks about creating new soundtracks and he has what he calls the anthem so it's almost like a positive soundtrack affirmation type thing and you know, I printed that thing out is on my bathroom mirror right now. So I try to say it in the morning and the evening. And I mean, I don't know, like I'm like a week or two in, but I figure it's not going to hurt me any. So I think it's a good thing. So yeah, big fan. I'm I'm super excited. That's kind of my plan for the next week. Um, I have a terrible memory. And so it really works well for me to read close to the discussion date so that I could contribute well. And so I'm actually just getting started. Well, and I, I was like maybe four chapters in and I was like, I want to take notes on this. I have a mm. Trello board that's like my nonfiction wisdom is what I call it. And oh, so that. there's a book that I found had a lot of good takeaways that I wanted to, 
you know, have a place to reference them. So that's where I put it. So I actually went back and started taking notes um, because I just felt like there was so much goodness in there that I wanted to have a place so I could reference it. Well, obviously, and then I, I bought the book. So I own the book and I can always refer there, but it's nice just to like have those like high level kind of takeaways to refer back to. So yeah, I think, I don't know if anyone can tell from my gushing, but I enjoyed this book. <laughs> I love that. I've heard like a lot of like a lot of positive feedback and a few people who are like, yeah, totally not for me. In particular, those maybe who uh, don't struggle with overthinking. Uh, it just it didn't it didn't resonate as well. And I think that's always going to be the case. Uh, but I know we have a lot of uh, people in our community and people in general who do struggle with overthinking. So I think it it will resonate pretty broadly. Oh, yeah. I was like nodding along like every all these examples. I'm like, yep, yep. That's me. That's me. And I will say, I had read a review on, I think it was Amazon about the book. And somebody was like, he talks a lot about the process of writing a book and blah, blah, blah. Like he does have a lot of personal anecdotes in them. I just mm-hmm. found them humorous. Um, so if you're looking for something that's really like rigorous and scientific basis, you know, this probably isn't the book for you. Though he does reference, like he has a large following online and, you know, kind of carried out his own kind of like experiments with people and got information mm-hmm. to inform his book that way. But um, yeah, so this isn't like, you know, Brene Brown, PhD, you know, type of a book. So, but this, this is, I don't know what they call it, like armchair psychology. Like this is, that's my jam. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I like the personal anecdotes. That was always really like keep me engaged in, in the message. Well, and I think so, it also helps give you an idea of how it transfers to real life. Because it's one thing for something to happen in theory or within a study, but to actually think like, oh, so like, right, he puts on these running shoes every time he wants to sit down and write. And that's kind of his trigger or it creates that ritual. Or like for you, you're lighting that candle in the morning. So like maybe for mm-hmm. me, it's like putting on a cozy sweater or making a mug of tea or like there's some sort of um, trigger or it kind of comes back to that kind of um, ritual or routine side of things, or even just like visually to have like a marker that kind of like a souvenir where it reminds you of that thing, but it's kind of like the next level um, where it represents something bigger than like that item itself. Like he talked in the book about a woman that she'd done like a really rigorous hike to the top of this mountain or this peak or whatever. And at the top, she actually picked up a rock and then took it home. And it was this idea of you know, like the effort was worth it. Um, and not just, she applied it, you know, more broadly to her life, not just related to like hiking. But um, so I really like those, those concepts. And I feel like if it's really personalized like that, it's simple, then that's something that's actually going to be um, effective, really. Because if you make it too complicated, like it's, you know, like you're not going to maintain that. So hundred percent. We see that through so many things. Mm-hmm. And I would say that something we're doing right now kind of really fits into that in terms of trying to, to keep it focused, streamlined, uh, and doable. We are, have these new creative immersions as part of the membership. And they're basically short-term member cohorts around specific 
themes. And so right now we are doing three of them. One is on building a home for all your plans and ideas, one on photo management, and one on page design. And they're just designed to be kind of short-term containers to explore a topic, to dive in and make some progress, to learn more, to improve, and be, you know, a kind of it's they're kind of semi-formal. We're 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 keeping them organized. We're having weekly accountability check-ins, but they're really designed for you to get what you need from them. So whether that's a little bit of a dip, a refresher, a uh, slight improvement to a complete overhaul, um, it's gonna be up to you to determine what you need and what you want to achieve with that each week. And so I like almost it's almost like a sliding scale of investment that you can make into it in terms of your energy and effort. And then it just makes it that much more accessible to a broader range of members. And I think, you know, from our functional perspective, it allows us to dive into these topics, particularly like photo management more than once a year by offering concurrent immersions. So we're, this is just getting started and I'm, I'm loving all the enthusiasm for it. And I say, would say too, also from like the community aspect of it, there's a lot of energy that can be gained with going through some of these concepts as a group together. Yes. So that's, um, like another level of, you know, establishing your own goals and your own pace, but also taking advantage of that energy of the group. Well, and I think because, you know, we've always had the ability for anyone to choose mm -hmm. any, any one of our topics yep. to do that, but it's about creating the, the time boundaries and this little container for it that allows the group to feel more connected to each other and more connected to the work that they're doing because they feel just an, there's an ingrained sense of accountability um, of, of having that. So yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I feel a little tempted by the uh, page design just because I do want to make a lot of layouts this year, but I know personally I need to opt out of adding more to my plate. My plate is, you know, very nicely full, but not over full. And so maybe I'll like dip in, take some inspiration and make a page, but it's not something that I want to commit to right now. I would agree. Obviously I'll be in the groups and around supporting yeah. everybody, but personally I'm like, I love page design. I think that's super fun, but I think I've already talked about how I'm kind of being drawn more to like that project lifestyle layouts or like mm -hmm. those clean lines and the grids and um, really focusing on pairing like words and stories. And so, and then obviously, you know, I'm going to be finding my footing with this whole new photo RX business. So um, I think for right now, I'm just going to focus on the plans that I already have in place. Um, and then, you know, overall, just take energy from the group and the excitement that way, rather than focusing on a specific immersion personally. Yeah. But I'm, I'm loving seeing members comment what they want to do. There's even members kind of organizing little mini immersions, little groups around yes. uh, separate topics. And yeah, it's just the community is such a fun place to be right now. And I think the excitement is going to continue because particularly with finishing day coming up. So I already mentioned that that's coming up February 12th. And this is really going to be a, uh, my computer just went to sleep. Okay. <laughs> 
this is really going to be leaning on the processes that I teach in my class, The Finishing Project, which has been around for a long time now. But for somehow this this content has remained so evergreen, so ever uh, relevant. But we're going to be leaning on that structure to do it in a day. And while you may not be able to finish an entire giant project start to finish, you can make some amazing progress in a single day and develop momentum to even continue on your own. So that I know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be prepping all my photos and getting ready to just tear through my December daily, uh, just do all the fun things, bring it all together and close the book on that. And I know a lot of members are already thinking about their projects that they want to tackle, whether it's a lot of little ones or one big one to to uh, close the books on for themselves. Um, is there anything that you feel like you want to be finishing? Well, I, thanks to Refresh, finished my December 2021 album just recently. So that's just waiting for a photo book sale. Um I can see two ways that I might take the finishing day. One, and I talked about this way back during like finishing journey, the idea of filling in the holes in my 2019 album. And I did make some progress. I made a layout a week during that journey. So I have eight new layouts that go in that album. But what I encountered when I worked on that was this idea of, um, there were a lot of stories that I wanted to tell. And I ended up just like, oh, that one and that one and that one. And it maybe was not extremely realistic. So I think I could revisit that, start, get like a base level to start at, and then feel like, you know, once I have that done, then we can review from there. Um, the other thing is I have annual birthday albums for my kids. And then I have a Halloween album that are like theme-based album with the idea of just adding one layout each year that reflects either my children's birthday or Halloween. Um, and I did not update those last year. So no. I think that would be a pretty easy one to knock off. And so I think that's probably where I'm leaning just because like, boom, boom, a couple layouts. And I think that would just kind of put a bow on that for me for another year. My kids, their birthday is tomorrow. So maybe I'll have two layouts to do. Um, but, and now that they're older, it used to be like, you know, this is the party and we had a theme and whatever. And so they're, now that they're older, that's shifting a little bit. I think what I want to do this year is um, do like an interview type style layout kind of uh, with them. Like, you know, who are your friends or what do you want to be when you grow up and favorite color, like all those types of fun. I, Cause I really enjoy those types of layouts, but um, so I think maybe gather that information and then actually do the creating on finishing day. I love that. Particularly with their birthday being so imminent, you can do both years um, all at once and really feel a huge sense of satisfaction that you are caught up with that important project. Yeah. And I think, and again, like as they transition, they get older and we're not having like these big mm -hmm. themed parties anymore. Reviewing kind of how I want to represent them turning another year older within each year. Um, and maybe like, what is the end point on this album as well? Right. Like in my mind, I think I would, go up until like their 18th birthday. And then like, these are like the birthdays of their childhood, but yeah, the content and of those layouts is going to look different, obviously from, you know, age 18 from age one. Um, <laughs> so kind of keeping it fresh and relevant. Cause I feel like now that that has evolved, like if I don't make intentional choices 
like I said, I didn't do the one last year. So it could be pretty easy for that just kind of fall off the plate. And it's not a difficult thing to keep up on at this point in the game. Um, and I do get a lot of pleasure out of it. Like I have, um, my mom was a school teacher and my dad had made her a podium that she would use when she was lecturing. And um, when she retired, they had it for a while and didn't really have a need for it or want it anymore. And they asked if we wanted it. And so I actually have that out in my living room and I rotate albums. So they're out and like displayed. And so like this month for the girls' birthday, I've actually have out the birthday album. So I've just been looking at it recently. And um, it is, I really like to see, you know, the transition of time and um, over the years. And so like, I don't want that to go by the wayside. So I appreciate having, you know, the finishing day is like a marker to be like, yes, like identify that this is something that's important to me. And then I have like the time and the space to actually see it through. Yes. Yes. When I was thinking about this the other day, so often we build these things up in our head as like something that we haven't done yet. And the longer that goes by, the bigger the thing is, even though it's not any bigger than it was before you haven't done it, hadn't done it. Like, you know, when it was still in the future, but once we can kind of find ways to get over that mental hurdle, it's never as like complicated or hard. We remember, oh yeah, I like scrapbooking <laughs> as it used to be. You know, it's like sometimes we build things up and it's it's we don't necessarily need to. Even me, like recording these podcast episodes, like, oh my gosh, my like my week is so full, so many, so much extroversion. But I love these conversations. They they fill me up. They get me so excited about scrapbooking. They enable me a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm always getting new ideas from having these conversations, even though going into the week, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to do so much talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of comes back to that antidote for overthinking is action. So yes. what steps Very can true. you take forward? What action can you take? Mm -hmm. What a great way to end it. Well, Kim, this has been awesome. We have talked for a very long time. We will let our listeners go now. <laughs> but I always love uh, catching up with you. Same to you. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. Are you ready to start implementing the great ideas you hear on the podcast? The Simple Scrapper membership offers a welcoming space to connect with fellow memory keepers and find the creative accountability you've been craving. Visit simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our community. It's the best it's ever been.